Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at Iconic Life. Bonsai balls! They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations and download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl. Healthy, delicious. Ashland. Hard seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only 100 calories. All organic. No sugar. Also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. Also supported by Octopus, the massive corporate juggernaut. Octopus, making stuff for people who actually surf. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade Shade. Sunscreen. (laughs) Friends and family. Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. (laughs) We're drinking some really good Ashlands on a crazy October rainy day. Rainy day and lightning. We've got two really incredible people. We do. Our guests this week, a couple of friends who are unique and successful in their own endeavors. One's an artist, surfer, skater, healer, author, entrepreneur. The other's, a, the other's a former professional motorcycle racer with multiple wins. He's a national champion and an award-winning bike builder. He has his own brand called RSD Designs. We'll hear more about that. He's been seen on TV competing on various bike building competitions. We're excited to hear about these individual stories, but how they are partnered up and together putting on the annual Moto Beach Classic featuring... Moto, of course. Yes. Surf. Yep. Music and art. Yep. yep. A little bit of everything. And by the way, it's. Woo! <laughs> 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 How's yeah! that for 
Mark that Martin. is fucking amazing. That is an intro. That was yeah. wow, classic. <laughs> Dawn of the Shred. Dun dun dun. Hey, my my arm, my hair is yeah. sticking up on that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, this event's going on its fourth year, and it's going to be uh, held again, running this uh, October twenty third at Bolsa Chica Sea Legs on the Beach, and that's an HB. Yep. So welcome to the show, Steve. Thank Steve-o. you, Steve-o. Fall, fall high. It's nice to see there you. There you go, Folly it's been a long and time. Roland. Roland. <laughs> Sands. Roland Sands. Yeah. I, said n- I didn't need a nickname. Yeah. My parents. You're Roland. Yeah. <laughs> Always rolling. Always, Always rolling, rolling on rolling. wheels. Dude, this Thanks is epic. Um, I don't know if you heard Fafa uh, Fohai, but the 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 Moto Surf Music Art Classic is really called. What is it? It's the so. Moto Beach Classic. The Moto, Moto Beach, Beach Classic. Classic. And we have a surf comp. We have a and surf comp. And the surf comp is called Dawn of the Shred. And that is the theme of Halloween. Yes, yeah, so it's right? going to be a uh, costume contest. Costume surf comp. Yeah, costume surf comp. How yeah. fun. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of like it's a little bit different take because we've done the last three years with West Coast Board Riders, yeah. which is yeah. a little bit more serious. Yeah. Um, and this year is like, how do we make it fun? How do you make it like entertaining? We want to get some good imagery, good photos, tell cool stories. And, oh, it's going to be epic. Dude, know? who doesn't like or not like to dress up? I mean, this is going to be huge. I mean, oh, yeah. it's fun in all ages. Yeah. All ages. Yep. Good. Yep. So before we dive deep, because we want to talk a lot more and, and give out as many details about yep. the Moto Classic, but let's go back in the beginning. Yes. And, uh, We'll start with Fafa Fohai. Yo. Fafa Fohai, when and where did you find the love of surfing? I found the love of surfing when I, yeah, I mean, I grew up in Long Beach on the peninsula, and so we didn't have waves, but we still had the ocean. Yeah. Uh, So we would, you know, skimboard, skateboard, uh, boogie board. Yeah. I started boogie boarding when I was five. And then... uh, Because you have an older brother that kind of... Yeah, he's a year older than me. Yeah. And he, he was... We were also, he was also a boogie boarder, you know, respect to that. And then um, when he was 10, he got his first surfboard, chucked in in Seal Beach. Epic. Right up here. And then uh, I wanted one, so I went to Harbor and I got a six foot single fin. Sick. And that, that was my board for a year. So yeah, around nine is when I started surfing. So uh, that, that's probably me. God damn it. This, this interview is over. <laughs> so yeah, that's when I started surfing. At nine. Around nine, yeah. Nice. So Seal Beach was the stomping grounds? or uh, Seal Beach crabs nice. and the river. And my dad also surfs. And oh, wow. so my dad's been surfing, I think, in the 60s when he started surfing. We, I still have his longboards. And so, uh, so yeah, you know, growing up in Laguna, just being in the ocean. The ocean's a big part of my life. Wait, you said Laguna too? Uh, yeah, we had a um, summer house in Laguna mm. at Shaw's Cove. And so we would spend the summers there, obviously growing up on the peninsula. Yeah. Um, yeah, surfing. Surfing. Going yeah. to Hawaii, surfing, speeding the ocean. Yeah. So, so you and your brother, would you ride your bikes to crabs from, from the peninsula or? We would ride our bikes to the end of the peninsula, lock up our bikes, and then we'd have to paddle across, across the, the, oh, wow. across the oh, channels. You would do that wow. and climb over the rocks. And climb over the rocks. That is such a pain in the ass. That's kind of different. But <laughs> it, it was, that's a long bike ride to go up and around. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so in high school before we had cars. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. We would ride from the peninsula to the pier. Okay. We'd be like four in the morning, riding our bikes, uh, me, <coughs> Joel Nelson, my brother, a few other groms. We just ride our bikes to the pier. Ride back. Then to ride, Seal Beach Pier. To Seal Beach Pier. Okay. And then ride to school, fall asleep in school, you yeah. know, but at least we surfed. Yeah. So what school did you go to? La Salle or? Uh, well, then I was going to Rogers. Is that the middle school? Yeah. Okay. And then I went to um, Wilson and then, yeah. So who, who was your crew back then? You said uh, Joel Nelson. Joel Nelson, Scotty Meyer, uh, Mikey Riley. Yeah. Uh, all now, the girls. Now they're Seal Beach proper. Yeah. Right? Chad Wells. Yeah. Uh, now were those guys dicks to you in the beginning? Because <laughs> I'm sure they were. Okay, some of them were. <laughs> I'm not, not going to say who was and who wasn't, but so, some of them were, you know, and then some of them were really like, they embraced us. Yeah. You know, but yeah, there was, there was a time when you're growing up and you just go, this is kind of like, yeah, this ain't cool. I just rode my bike for half an hour. Now I'm trying to paddle out at the pier, and some guys like telling me like to beat it. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, we talk about this all the yeah. time of, of like you know earning your way into a spot. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like you you can't just pull up and just paddle out. No. And expect to get waves. No. Especially in you know high traffic areas where there's good surfers. You yeah. Know, well, the guys that are locals. Well, the guys he's mentioning, all, all the bros are like your age and they're, you know, they're not like, it's the older generation guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, but no, like even, even if it's your same age, those guys are like, hey, fuck you. What I know, but not as like, not as like, threatening yeah. as like the men, which I mean, are some, only a few years older sometimes, but they're yeah. like men. Yeah. I mean, there's some guys that like, I'm not going to bring them up right now, but like, <laughs> yeah, we know what you mean. Now when I see them, I'm like, oh, the tables have turned. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you pulled out. I remember when I was a grom. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. You holding me under the water, whatever it may be. <laughs> and the thing that was interesting, in Long Beach is like we had like Surfside to deal with, we had the pier to deal with, and we had Newport to deal with. Yeah. But fifty six. Yeah. Um, but it's funny how like looking back at those days of of earning your you know your yes. spot and, yes. and like proving yourself yeah yeah you, you had to do that you know like that was yes. a thing that you kind of had to progress to yes. get respect to it yeah because back then dude those guys didn't give a fuck like no. they drop in on you like oh yeah what? what like you don't live here yeah you know like you're we're gonna take off on you yeah and that's the way it is and then but, when they did burn you <laughs> they still had a problem with you <laughs> yeah. you know it was like not yeah it was it was, it was, but at least I had my brother, you know. Yeah. 
And Lars really sorry that he did that to you back in the day. No, <laughs> I, I'm totally probably burdened a lot of people. I gotta be honest, like Jay was one of the best surfers from Huntington and one of the nicest. You know, Lyndon, you were one of the more respected surface from Long Beach. Yeah. They're like left Long Beach to move to Huntington and then but you were also like super cool too. So I was like, yeah, you know? It was cool how like some of the better guys were the were the nice guys. Yeah. It's it's funny though that we our generations were like that. It was different, you know? Yeah. yeah. And we, we you know, we, we like talking about it just because it's so different now and you know, you have these little rugrats that are just like no no respect. They just they don't know any better. You know? Like yeah. they're just like out there paddling around you. Well, I mean, a lot of the kids, they're surfing every single day. Yeah. They're out there every session. If they don't see you for a week or whatever, they're just like, you're a freaking kook, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't see you out here every day. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I, I got wheels and I'm, I am I travel. I don't have to surf the same spot like you yeah. little punk. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm going up and down the coast. Yes. Yeah. You, you, I'm international. Uh, you were skateboarding too, yeah? Yeah, skateboarding, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Which sho- which uh, surf shops was your like your your stomping ground? Harbor. Uh, Harbor and Chuck Dent. Chuck Dent. Because there used to be a Chuck Dent at the Seal Beach Pier. Sad. Dude, there was. I don't. Yeah, there was. There was. There was. There was. Wow, what yeah. a trip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where and where was it? Like it uh, was on the oceanfront. It was next to the pizza spot where oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. where Elberto Jr. is. What a trip. Yeah, it was a little shop. And it was chucked in. Yep. Wow, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, because this is like 1978, probably, you know, when my brother got his first floor. Yeah. So that was a while ago. Yeah. Rad. Chucked in, man. All right. Yeah. So let's switch on over to Roland. <laughs> the roller. From po- from Polly. From <laughs> Long Beach Polly. <laughs> Snoop Dogg went there, right? Yeah, yeah, he went there the year before I graduated. Yeah, Cameron nice. Diaz went there. Yeah, she did. Remember Cameron? I do. Yeah, she lives <laughs> in Surfside. We used to see her at Long Beach parties. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> this guy. We'll leave that out. Yeah, we won't talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so was it like uh, growing up where you're at, and, and what was the uh, the vibe going to the beach? You know, I mean, I, I grew up in Long Beach, too, so it was just constantly trying to escape school and Polly and you know jump in my boy's Cadillac and you know ride to the beach and try and catch some waves but I started I mean same like same story I just had a totally different crew back then but I was like start out on boogie board and you know go to the go to the pier and go surf and you know start out boogie boarding and then you know catching some south side and like, yeah you know that was always like the thing good swell south comes seal. in south side seal did you have, did you take the bus to to seal um Back then, I was just jumping with friends in cars, you know, or my yeah. dad would take us to the beach, he'd take us to the cliffs, we'd go surf. My dad had like a David Nueva nose rider, I used to pinch that and go surf that thing. And Nice. Did your dad surf then? My dad did surf, yeah. Nice. Yeah, he stopped. I don't know, he, he surfed up until he was probably in his 20s, and then he got into motorcycles and cars and business and working, and, yeah. you know, didn't surf as much, but that board was always in the house, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get that thing and go surf it. That's cool. Yeah. It now, seemed, sorry to interrupt, but it seemed like... Like a lot of parents like surfed, you yeah. know, and they weren't, you know, generational surfers. Meaning like, you know, our grandpas surfed. It was like that That's kind of rugged sport. They, yeah, you know, they pick it up maybe in their twenties or eighteen. You know, like yeah. it wasn't a, you know, like groom like they see the kids today. They no, were just like, no, yeah, they were just like, I'm grabbing a board. I'm a surfer, and you yeah. know, you're kind of seeing that again 
in this like day and age where you're getting adult learners and stuff. But yeah, COVID like, did that. Well, for sure. Yeah. But it's just interesting that your, your, your dad surfed and was super psyched, but he ended up, you know, following the, the moto well, it was, dream. It was like back then, I mean, if you were into hot rods, just my dad was really into hot rods and building motorcycles. And, you know, I mean, my dad built a bike when he was built a full custom Indian chopper when he was wow. 18 years old. So was your dad, did your dad grow up in Long Beach or? He grew up in Long Beach. Fam- nice. My family's been in Long Beach for years. So. Yeah. yeah. And Long Beach is kind of, it's a trip, you know, like it's hard to explain to people the the demographics, you know, because the, the ethnicities are so. Oh, it's a melting pot. It's a melting pot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you say poly, you think a hood, right? And it when was think, hood. Yeah. It was. In yeah, Jordan, sure. you think a hood, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like we came from the hood. Like our schools were pretty gnarly, right? The, my, my parents' first house that they bought was off Olive, which was like two blocks away. Yeah, from yeah from Jordan High School. So oh, from like, Jordan, from Jordan. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. So my, I mean, my dad's shop originally was he had a dairy farm in Lakewood, and that's where he started building motorcycles and parts and stuff. How sick! But it was like that was always blended with surfing back mm-hmm. then. I mean, if you were into a lot of my dad's friends were all surfers and hot rodders and bike guys you know yeah they're greasers kind of though, huh? they're greasers and shit, so, <laughs> you know like yeah, there weren't socials they were greasers yeah, yeah. that's fucking sick Out, yeah, outcast yeah. For, at that time you know like the oh, early yeah. like greasers were nar yeah but they're they, you know clean cut and they got the ladies and yes they did yeah. <laughs> yes. we're talking like big wednesday kind of oh yeah uh, those are the vibes back then yeah. for sure yeah yeah man that's so freaking like <laughs> yeah so your dad basically was like that era of like late 60s early 70s hot rods and surfing hot rod surf culture so that's i mean and i i kind of grew up not like it was like whether i was going to steer towards racing motorcycles and and you know you know that whole work life or i was going to be a surfer and party and just have a good time so i kind of like at one point like when i was like 18 years old my dad looked at me and he's like what do you want to do son He's like, you're about to fuck up your life. I can tell. So <laughs> he's like, it's a good dad. You know what's yeah. funny is I remember you had that you had that conversation with me. So you're, have you guys known each other since like fucking n- way back? No, we well we met through Split. Through Split, okay. yeah, we met through Split, and then but we also had a lot of mutual friends, and so so we met. It was like, oh, you know, it was Zappalak. And Gus Danny Zappalak, Eric Frey, Gus Buckner. Yeah, but we're talking Frey. split in the nineties. Yeah, split in the nineties. Yeah. So, like, yeah. just for oh, yes, just for the reference, because a lot of yes. listeners are probably like, wait, split. So so that was around ninety-five. Yeah, because so, like, yeah. So going back to Roland, your your dad surfed, and he was a full greaser, monkey wrench guy already, and that's where you kind of picked it all up. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I knew that he surfed, but my, all my friends surfed too. So we were just like, let's go to the beach, and it yeah. was just in the. I mean, for us, we were, you know, I grew up in Bixby Knolls, and then Bixby Knolls, and then Long Beach, and trying to mm-hmm. escape the ghetto to go surfing. You know, yeah, and that's what we would do. I mean, when you think of, you know, when I went to Jordan, there was like seven surfers. You know, there was like no fucking surfers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I have Polly too. I mean, it was yeah. me and like my group of friends, six or seven guys, and we're the guys who surfed. Carl Drayson. Yep. You know, Jason Carl Drayson. Yeah, I know Carl Drayson. He became an, a gnarly artist, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carl's like one of my best friends. How fucking funny! Yeah, yeah. he Small was a uh, Anderson Street local for a yep. while too. Yeah, you know James Hodges. 
Remember him? Mm, but he the Swanson Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Swanson, Swanson Brothers. Yeah, 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 those are the guys that we used to surf with back yeah. in the day. They're, so we've had to run each other back in the day at Anderson I'm sure. Street. I'm sure, yeah. Because that's how, yeah. like, you know, we, we progressed from Seal Beach to, to Surfside. Yeah, to Anderson Street. To Anderson Street. Yeah. And then the Surfside. Hole. And then the hole. Yeah. And the gym. And then, yeah. Yeah. If you had the nerve to make it to the bowl. You yeah. would go surf the bowl if you were going to yeah. walk down there. The bowl and was committed. so good back in the day, so and good. the hole, so good. All the dredging and all this like it kind of changed swells. all the time. Yeah. It was like you didn't know exactly what way it was going to be there, and every once in a while it would just be. Really, but when we really are good. younger, man, like we talk about this all the time, it felt like waves were bigger and better all the time. Were we back just then. smaller? We were just smaller, but I think <laughs> it was, the ways were better. It was El Nino. Better. I think it was El Nino yes. years, yeah. that, you know. Yeah. That um, and the sands and the sands were, you yeah. know, the rivers weren't backed up as much, and there wasn't much dredging. So, yeah, yeah. Who knows? So, who it's knows? definitely like I feel like some of those, like Marie Hurricane Marie, and I know that in the '80s when the pier went, you know, there was definitely a couple of really big, you know, storms that kind of. Yeah fucked up some of the beaches you mm -hmm. know like Newport still sucks mm. like it's really deep and it's like and then it's like back like the got you know eroded a little bit mm. it's just I mean 56 still goes off but like 54 to like mm -hmm. 48 it's just been kind of yeah it's like, it just falls off and I mean even like uh, we talk about uh, Warner you know it used to come out a lot go, more yeah. now it's kind of more straight and there's yeah. I don't know I don't know if it's a one swell or where do you surf Jay where do you surf these days? All over. Most All over. Most of the pier. You know, very Northside guy. Northside guy? Yeah. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Depends on the, like the swell. You know, in the yeah. summer, more north side and yep. the river. This kid is starting to rip. Oh. Summer. Oh. Junior is starting to rip. I bet. He just posted a clip of him uh, getting a legit, like, drop-in barrel. barrel. Yeah. And, like, pretty much the whole, his body and board gone and coming out. Yeah. How'd yeah. that make you feel? Oh, I'm so stoked. Were you more stoked than he was? Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. I was just stoked I got it. Like, because, yeah. you know, there's 200 guys out in the lineup before school. And I'm like, you know, it's Thursday. The boys were pumping. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? And I see it. I'm like, oh, I think that's him. And luckily I got it. Yeah. You I mean, have been such yeah. the bad dad if you missed that yeah. one. For sure. He so, paid me for life. So going back to mm -hmm. Fa Fa Fo High, um, you went to Wilson, you said? Uh, for high school, yeah. 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 And then... Uh, when did you, were you in high school when you started working at HSS or? No, no, I was, I started working um, college. Okay. What was your first job? My first job, my first job was working for my dad. Because yeah, my, da my dad's an inventor. Yeah. And so. Um, Can we talk about the stuff that your dad has done? Because sure. I was telling uh, Joe about it. So go ahead. Like what, what, I, did he uh, invent the scuba tank? Yeah. Well, the aluminum scuba tank. So, so his, his first thing was for the uh, the breathing apparatus for the men that climbed K2 and Mount Everest in 75 and 76. He invented the tank that they used to breathe. Yeah, so the aluminum ta tank that was wrapped with fiberglass and resin, which was a new technology, which is actually a technology he took from a surfboard. Because so, <laughs> he was like... He was literally like, he's oh, it's malleable. It's all easy. It's like, you know, you could kind of make it whatever shape. It's yeah, strong. Yeah, it's shape. And he's yeah. like, if this can protect foam and increase its strength then he took that same technology and he's applied it to basically his whole career wow so the the breathing apparatus for um is that so he could make the tanks thinner uh so instead, lighter, of, instead of steel lighter yeah yeah and then um by increasing the strength of it you can get more psi 
So you can mm-hmm. get more oxygen. You can get more gas. Um, smaller tank. Smaller tanks, easier to carry. Um, so what... Your dad went to school to be a what? An engineer? My dad went to school. My dad went to school at Humboldt State, and uh, he was a woodshop teacher for huh. yeah in San Bernardino um, for three or four years, and he said he didn't like that. And then he got a job for this company called Al- Alcan, which is the aluminum company of Canada, as a salesperson. And then he was that's when he was introduced into the whole world of aluminum uh-huh. and then um, yeah from there he transitioned into the technical aspect of it and then he basically just went out on his own and just became an entrepreneur and an inventor and so uh, fuck what a so incredible yeah, the, the, the story the tank and then it went to the natural gas vehicle um, the NGV and so that was uh, the tank and then he designed the conversion system the, the, the carburetor that converted natural gas as opposed to real gasoline and then that went from there to the Trans-Canadian Pipeline and then it's just gone just gone from there. So, so he owns patents on all this technology. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so he has like six, And it's used massively all over all these yeah, industries. So it's global yeah. for the most part. Yeah, so... Uh, That's insane. That is so incredible. But and, what I think is even more bizarre and this is... Yeah. I don't know, this is my own personal... So there's this. So my dad, growing up in San Bernardino, his best friend was Malcolm Smith. And who is that? Malcolm Smith is like the god of on any Sunday. On any Sunday. Oh, Moto. Moto. Yeah, yeah. Malcolm's like, yeah, he's god status. He's like, okay, yeah, he's like, uh, like the bull, like like like, uh, Robert August, or uh, he's a pioneer. He's a pioneer in Moto. Okay, and the Baja. 5,000 or 1,000 1,000 yeah whatever it is and your dad was best friends with him yeah they grew up together so anyway so my dad always um, that's crazy crossed over with moto hang gliding surfing body surfing so so yeah so it's I don't know I just think it's interesting when you see these parallels like oh my dad and his friends and then I'm like oh me and my friends did he know Bruce Brown too he must have known Bruce Uh, I'm sure he did probably met him yeah I'm sure he did well you gotta think did he meet Steve McQueen (laughs) Well, that's Did who you meet Steve hang McQueen? Out with Steve McQueen. Right? Yeah, I know. And those guys, I mean, that was, so you had On Any Sunday and the Endless Summer, you know, and you have Bruce Brown in the middle of all that. Who's from Long Beach? He's from Long Beach. I didn't know Bruce, Bruce Brown from Long Beach. Yes, he's yeah. from Long Beach. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. that was like such an interesting thing for him to do both those movies and, yeah. you know, do two such, such iconic uh, iconic films that cross Yeah, when you borders, think about yeah. Moto and if you're a true fan of Moto... You think about on any Sunday, and then when you think about surfing and you're a big fan of surfing, yeah, you think of it's endless summer. It's like yes. everyone's trying to recreate those moments that were in yeah. the endless. Those summer. two movies or yeah. on any Sunday on yes. two wheels, like constantly. It's like, but the show's not about your dad. No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> no, but it's I, about Fa Fa Fo Hai. It's about yeah. growing up in that environment. Yeah. No, I, I wanted yeah. to um, get that in there because I've always thought how crazy of a you know genius your dad is you know so yeah he's fun to talk about that yeah he's an interesting guy for sure yeah so so growing up 
because um, you're very artistic. Thank you. Yeah. What? Uh, where? How did you get influenced in that? Yeah. When did you start doodling? Uh, pretty much. Uh, so it's my not gra- doodling, bro. It's art. It's it, it's still doodling. <laughs> it is doodling. It is doodling. <laughs> so my grandma, she, my grandmother, um, my dad's mom was an art teacher, an elementary school art teacher. Uh, so I grew up, uh, yeah, just with spending time with the grandparents making art yeah you know making crafts and i was always really uh just taken by like the act of my grandma taking something then all of a sudden creating like a vase or a painting or some macrame and and i just thought it was magic yeah how did grandma do that i mean that was that era too because i think all of our grandparents or i I was close to my grandparents and they did the same thing it's like hey we're going to the church bazaar you know which was like you go to church and then after it's like a little flea market and it's like they would turn anything and everything into cool yeah. crap and yeah. it's like because they didn't have Arts tv and, yes. and to- uh, yes. toys like we do and the, all the other distractions they learned at home from the old the elders and mm-hmm. stuff and yeah. the coolest shit you know mm-hmm. but it wasn't for me i didn't think it, i was oh, stoked on any of it because it it's so different. it's such a bummer with with all this technology and yeah. you know ipads and all this bullshit that your creativity <laughs> is so stifled nowadays you know for for kids you know yeah. luckily my my mother-in-law like but throws all kinds I, of arts and crafts i kind of disagree kids. because don't I've, you fucking ever disagree my, my, <laughs> this is over hey hey i think it's different because my son just like most kids his age he all he loves, can do is surf bro love youtube <laughs> okay and you know i go to youtube when i when i need to fix something or find out a, like a trick to a trade or whatever. You go to you porn, bro. And, uh, <laughs> oh, you're dropping bombs over here. And, uh, and, Jun- and, and Junior's on there all the time and all of a sudden he's like in the garage like crafting stuff up. Like he's like, you know, he's he's always yeah. tinkering. tinkering with something. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I saw this on YouTube. Check it out. And oh. it's like he's, I mean, it's a very good source. It's, it's very... That's so how you use it, like yeah. you know, the no, internet no. and your phones and computers. If you look at it like it's a, a tool, tool, yeah, I you know. know. Or it could be a distra- a bad distraction or a good distraction, and, and it's Dude. all about balance. But he he does some cool stuff, like magician tricks or like you know tinkering yeah. or building something. There's definitely a. So yeah, right. I do yeah. disagree with you. You're right. You're right. You're right. I am always right, bro. No. My, my nephew, um, a Christmas um, gathering, and. I hear this piano music and I walk in and it's my nephew. I'm like, holy shit. And he's playing like a John Legend, like, you know, gnarly piano. Ballad. Yeah. And I'm like, I look at him I'm like, dude, when did you start taking lessons? And he goes, YouTube, bro. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You know how to play the fucking piano watching YouTube? And he goes, yeah, that's what everyone does. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. I'm out of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so back to. I'm just yeah. Okay. Get back to our guests. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. Art. Let's let's. Uh, so, music. Hmm. Uh, when Because, you know, we don't have a lot of time. Yes. But we want to get into Jack and Nun. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. That's a throwback. Oh wow. That's right. A, that's a nineties yeah. throwback. Yeah, it is. And that's yeah. like after HSS, right? Like no, that was during. During. Okay. I think that's what helped us. Is that we had so many friends that would actually come and see us because I was like, do we? I don't know. Like people were just down to party and get crazy, and yeah. so, we're so that, pl- that would have been the first time I probably saw you. I don't even know if I met you. Okay. But I saw Jack and Nun play. Okay. 
Yeah. Where at? Do you remember? <sighs> Some backyard party. Dude, yeah. they were going places, yeah. man. Yeah, a lot yeah. of backyard parties. A lot of yeah. backyard From parties. From Huntington to Long Beach. Did you ever play with Sublime? We played with Sublime a lot of times. You did, right? Really? Oh, yeah, yeah a lot of times. I mean, because we grew up on the peninsula, so Bradley was two blocks over from... I was on 57th, he was on 55th. And who... So it was you, Gus, and, and was it Zaplak that no, was No, no, no. Uh, Eric Johnson and Dan DeSaw. DeSaw. Dan DeSaw was it? Yeah, he was a drummer. I forgot yeah. that, yo. Yeah. Dan yeah. DeSaw yeah. was a drummer yes. of Jack of None. Yes. Yes. Holy shit. Yes, he was. You guys got pretty good too. Like, I mean, you were like playing a lot of big things. You know, right? Just, well, yes, but I. I you had also, your 15 minutes of fame. Yes, we had our 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. But it was also what was happening in Orange County. Yeah. The Orange County, like, punk scene. No doubt. Then, it was like, you know, Sublime, Corn, no doubt. Yeah. Um, HFL. Um, you know, the Shrinky Dinks, who yeah. then became whatever that band, you know, yeah. they blew up. And so... Uh, Play with the Dickies? No, not the Dickies. The Shrinky Dinks. Shrinky, Shrinky Dinks. Dinks. Yeah, They're from Newport but Beach. But how cool is that you played with Sublime? Like, that's... Yeah. Sublime goes down as one of the, you know... Yeah. Most coveted bands in a long time. Yeah. Like, people still talk about Sublime. And Corn. Yeah. And corn. Can't forget corn. Can't forget corn. Yeah, Allison Chains and corn and like uh, Pennywise. Yeah. Play with Pennywise. Anyway, yeah. So so how long did that run last? It was, it was four years. That's a good that's a long time. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. It got me through college. Yeah. And you, you got guys your, played got like you, ASR, got you got you guys ASR parties. Fair Mountain. Ashland. Ashland. Yeah, we should we play split parties. We play at raves. Sick, yeah. We played, yeah, we just played yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I mean the local scene. Yeah, the yeah. local scene. Yeah, it was fun. Sign us up. So, so before we go into more of that, let's go back to Roland. Yes. And Roland, you have a, a beverage? Yes, you do. Yeah. A tasty beverage yeah. on this the tropical day. The openers right behind you. Oh shit! He's a greaser. He's a greaser. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Coming out of college, what was your, not college, uh, high school, what was your first job? My first job, I worked with my dad, man. So that was Your like, dad had a shop? Yeah, my dad had a shop. Um, oh, called, what was it called? It's called or? Performance Machine, and he started building motorcycle parts in like the 70s. Sick. It started out as Chopper Spring Glide Machine, where he built Chopper front ends for his buddies. Everybody started building faster bikes. You know, they didn't have good brakes. Everybody had drum brakes on the bikes back then, so he started building disc brake systems, mm. and that's how Performance and you, Machine. you're talking like... Um, Harley's and like kind of everything Harley's it's, drag yeah. bikes he used Every, to work on everything? a lot of movie bikes yeah. um, you know you remember that show Nighthawk oh kind yeah you remember Nighthawk dude, yeah, yeah helicopter so. dude freaking coming out of the mountain yeah he with his all blacked out everything yeah. his motorcycle was sick yeah that was so your dad my dad um, built that bike sick he wow built like a bunch of those bikes back in the day bring so back Nighthawk and Night Rider dude, bring on. back Night Rider yeah. where was your dad's um, shop where was it yeah uh, Paramount. Well, it was he was Lakewood. Then he moved to Paramount. So he had a couple buildings in Paramount, and um, yeah, I mean, so that's full where custom, like, like building parts, man. Parts. Yeah. yeah, he got into the parts business, and he would support a lot of motorcycle racers back then, and you know. How and how did your dad get into the business? Like, did, did he ever tell you? Like, he just 
I mean, he grew up with a lot of people who are really hands-on, building cars and bikes and stuff, and that's what he was into, and he hung out with a pretty heavy group of bikers back in yeah. the day, you know? Like, like full Hells Angels Bike clubs. That, those were his guys. Yeah. You know, the bike clubs. My yeah. dad always said, if you want to... You want to make motorcycle if you want to make money in the motorcycle industry you gotta follow the drugs yeah and so <laughs> there's follow the money. that follow, follow the money, follow the yeah, money. the ones that want the new flashy yeah. part of the new flashy bike and one up each yeah. other and they, they got, got money to turn dad go to school for that for anything or just like no nah, he had i mean he went to long beach city college and got a you know degree in welding or something at the time you know and then but he was a machinist too yeah. so he started out as a machinist he used to work at a company called bash ross where he learned all his machining stuff but then he would in the night shift he would make motorcycle parts on the job yeah you know and that's how he started like that's how he started so, business. so you had like you're like a kid in a candy store when you show up to your dad's like shop like every all the like equipment all the tools everything yeah like, i mean i learned i learned as much as i could growing up you know and did kind of every job in the shop put the parts together started doing a little bit of machine work you know a little bit of fab stuff but, well you got you got to get you know sweep the floor first and then you know work your way out yeah huh? you got to sweep the floor <laughs> so yeah you got to sweep the floor <laughs> so surfing wise i think we kind of talked about it um when you started surfing it, it, it did it take over for a little bit I mean that's what we that's what we did to yeah. like not I mean it was the opposite of getting in trouble essentially because we're going to the beach instead of partying and you know we're going to having a good time at the beach and then just that was what it was about back then getting yeah. in the ocean and like Do you remember your first board or my first board was probably an in flight mm. ooh you know back cuz that shop was on like oh was it on it was on orange and it was way deep in Long Beach the in-flight in shop. Really? Yeah. Like the oh. OG one or what? I think the original shop was in Long Beach, yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to fact check that. We'll, we'll have to fact check that one. Yeah. Talk maybe. with Scott Scarwells. Let's see what's going on. Maybe there. I could be wrong about that. No, it's fine. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what my first board was, but I think I'm pretty sure that was it. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. What was your first job with your dad? My first job was with my dad, and I just kind of took a pizza job for a minute and my parents were like you should probably if you're into that do that and I figured that wasn't what I was into so it was like motorcycles you know yeah. and that's what I did but when yeah. did you start racing yeah you started because you started I'm, racing really young yeah I raced jet skis for a little while okay jet skis what yeah there's such a thing as jet ski racing? Jet ski racing. That was stand-up jet skis back in the day, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and I did that for a little bit. I was How like, did you get where, into where that? The, yeah, where the race is at? Like, oh, where do you... Like, Long, dude, Long Beach. In, yeah, Long Beach. Long Beach Marina, Marina, yeah. Marina, 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 Marina Stadium. Marina yeah. Stadium. So I, my family was like, we were into water skiing and snow skiing, and we like every, every yeah. sport, yeah. so... No wonder you won all those races. Your dad freaking tuned that thing up. <laughs> so <laughs> let's see what's under the hood. What's under the hood of that one? Well, that so, I learned a lot because I used to blow them up all the time. Yeah, you don't have to take them apart you, and put them back together. Yeah. Now, did you do moto like dirt bike moto racing too? I or? rode motocross, but I was a road racer. Road racer. The guys that drag yeah. their knees. Yeah. They go like hundred. I was a knee dragger. Eighty miles an hour. Yeah. Did you <laughs> ever do the other one like the? I, I, I've raced moto before, yeah, but I wasn't, like, super good at motocross. It was, like, road racing. Just I did this class up at Big Willow Big Willow Springs and ra race, and it was, like, changed my life. So that was the thing that got me into speed. road racing and speed. And I, it was, like, it was like taking a hit of heroin, dude. That's all I wanted to do was race motorcycles. But I surfed the whole time, too. Yeah. Yeah. What a trip. And, and, yeah. and there's, like, a full, um, like, series as a kid, like, different age groups and stuff. So you... Well, I started racing when I was... 19. Oh, okay. So I started so late. late. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because my dad at the time, I mean, that, it was he was busy working, so he's like, if you want to race, you got to drive yourself to the track. You got to build your own bikes. So then it was like, got into that, started building my own race bikes, driving myself to the racetrack, and then I just pushed and pushed and pushed to want to go racing. Yeah. Yeah. What a trip! That's a late That's, bloomer. Yeah. Because most of those kids, I, like we we interviewed Justin Mulford. You ever heard of Justin Mulford? Yeah. Yeah. That little fucker started when he was like six Five, years old. Yeah. yeah. Six. Young. And he got burnt out and everything, but um, he's kind of back into it. But, you know, like most people that excel in, you know, become champions start like super young. I started late. Yeah. But I was like my life for 10 years. Yeah, That's all I did was yeah. race, you know, travel across the country, race the AMA National Series and won a championship in 98 on 250, raced over in Europe, did a little bit of stuff over in England, wow. raced in Spain. Yeah. So you were like a sponsored. Yeah motorcycle yeah. racer. I went over to England. I raced for Factory Honda over there. Huh. And uh, So when, when you're 19, how long did it take you to get sponsored? Or did you get sponsored off the bat? Or I mean, my dad was definitely a big supporter of my racing, but yeah. you know, he was like, if you want to go racing, you got to get sponsors and yeah. you got to get them to help pay for the program. Yeah. So it was like, not just racing, but dealing with sponsorship. and That shit ain't cheap, right? Because, no. I mean, you know, break it down for us. Like, you got to have the the vehicle to tow your cars. You gotta have the trailer. You gotta have all the fucking gear. You gotta have the rig. Yeah, extra you bikes. Have the bikes. Extra bikes. Extra yeah. everything. Yeah. Guys, you're talking extra about body, an extra stunt man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not me. I'm finished. At least yeah. fifteen to twenty grand worth of equipment to to, to race. Yeah, right? the motorcycles were expensive, and I wasn't gentle on my bikes either. So yeah. you know, occasionally I went down. Winners are never gentle, bro. Yeah. Winners are never <laughs> gentle. <laughs> My bikes even have brakes, bro. I'm so gnar. Yeah. <laughs> Racing Speedway out of Costa Mesa? Ascot. Ascot. Ascot hey. was the shit back then. But this this guy still holds records record? for, yeah. Like, like I don't know what's, what does track records mean, like the fastest time? Yeah, it would have been on a 250. I have, I've, I've still got a few track records going yeah. around, yeah. Meaning like... So this guy's fast. the fastest yeah. guy around the track. Yeah. So your dad didn't push you into racing. You just found it on your own or what? I pushed. You pushed. I pushed, yeah. And yeah. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I, th- my parents at the time, they were like, this is what he's into. You know, if he doesn't do this, who knows what he's going to fucking do. Because yeah. as kids, you know, so you need a focus. Just like surfing. I mean, if you're into it, that's what you do every day. It keeps yeah. you out of trouble. You know, you're sure. wake up in the morning and you'll surf. I had to wake up and fix my bike or go to the racetrack or, you know, drive from here to freaking loud in New Hampshire and back. Did, did, did your parents get into like organized sports when you were younger? Baseball, soccer, football, any of that? Yeah, I mean like my parent, my dad was so busy that like he would come to my games but he was kind of like, you know, yeah. if you don't want to play baseball, that's fine, son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Because you, you know how much time sports or, or a hobby or, yeah. you know, passion takes up. And but you, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's but, kind of like Americana kind of you know, like yeah. upbringing ritual yeah. upbringing right like but really, I never did it but motorcycle racing is like I was in the shop sleeping in the accordion I was in the shop sleeping glad I did hear that <laughs> gymnastics and the accordion bro gymnastics yeah. I was a gymnast I was a CIF champion no oh, yeah. yeah so fuck the hell off <laughs> and, I, and I and I was really good at the accordion <laughs> You probably still are. Dude, 
I don't know how to play it anymore. Oh, come on. I swear. Come on. You're going to keep it. Yeah. yeah. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Roland, we're not that good friends yet. All right, all right. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but it's just fascinating to hear, you know, like, we have friends that, you know, do all kinds of different industries and sports and stuff, but to hear, like, a freaking speed racer, you know? At 19, though, that's yeah. so, like, late. Yeah. Late to, to be good at anything, you know what I mean? Like, when you think about being good at something, you start at a very early age, right? You, all, almost all. I, I had the tools, though. Yeah. I, was I, I read in my DNA. Whole life. Yeah. yeah, the DNA yeah, is yeah, there, yeah. but yeah. it's like, you know, you talk about team sports. And, like, I'm sure you guys, like, most of you, you guys probably didn't excel at team sports, but you excelled at surfing. Yep. And it was, like, for me, I'm, like, I want to do something that, like, I know that I can do myself. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't have to blame anybody else if I'm not successful. Yeah. You know, it's going to all fall. Or you don't have to rely on somebody else bringing you down, like, on a team. True. You know? Yeah. And be like, dude, that guy's not pulling his weight. Dude, freaking, why? So, this is lame. I'm, I'm, you I'm know, win it's hard. Chips. It's a different, like, mindset, you yeah. know, playing team sports versus individual. And, like you said, it's all on you, you know? So, How hard so do you want to push? Yeah. So you're yeah. 19. You figure out you like racing what do you call that type of racing road racing road racing yeah uh you enter your first race how do you remember how you did like yeah i mean my first race was just a rookie race out at big willow it's the fastest track in the west coast it's a gnarly gnarly track um i won my first race wow um i then won my first two races i did three races that first day and then like the third one i got third or something like that i'm like on the hook, dude. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is so. Now, fun. did you watch those races before you did them, or? Yeah, I've been a fan of road racing since I was a kid. Ascot, flat track, drag racing, you know, kind of anything with the yeah. motor. I was a big fan of yeah. just because my dad was a big fan of it. Also, those that, those first races, are you going up against the guys that, like Lyndon mentioned, they've been doing it since they're five and they're like the king of the the track, and like you're like, man, I'm going against these. These guys have been doing this forever. I mean, I road racing. You, you, you get into you know you know rookies first. Yeah. You know guys who are on the track first. You know, and then it was just like, as you progress, then I got into racing nationals, mm. and that was the best guys in the country. Yeah. And you know, I started at the bottom, dude. Racing yeah. nationals. I mean, I got my first race. I finished like thirty second, and then it was twentieth, and then it was nineteenth, and then yeah. you break the top fifteen. You know. Wow. And it's just like, you but you're also we're going to brand new racetracks. You yeah, know, traveling. Yeah. You learn, learn learning the curve. Race. It's like you're yeah. learning, man. You're yeah. learning. So I definitely there was a steep learning curve, but um, you know, in like I don't know, four years or so, I started finishing on the podium, started finishing on the box, yeah. and then I started winning races. And it was is that like, where money, like certain, you know, good yeah, you win decent, you win decent money racing. You know, okay. I mean, if you want to race, you know, you can take home ten grand with contingency. So it was like decent money. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was. That was worth going to the races for. Definitely. Yeah. What 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 was like your first like major wipeout like you know once you started going fast and doing this? My like, first one I didn't walk away from. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, it's it was like yeah. I can only imagine like you fall, you're you're damaged. Yeah, I broke a lot of bones. Yeah. Well, he yeah. we, he he has an art piece which is a skeleton, and he has a a pin on every one of his injuries. And then you list what it is. How many like, injuries do you have? It looks have? like a Christmas tree. Dude. looks like a Christmas tree. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> How many do you have? I don't know. Like, I've broken like 40 plus bones. Yeah. So. Damn. Yeah. And he's, he, each one's You're labeled. You're awful knuffle. <laughs> <laughs> evil knuffle. Evil knuffle. Evil knuffle. Evil knuffle. Evil knuffle. So, so, how long did you race until you got your first sponsor? Until I got my first sponsor. Shoot. 
I think when I decided I was going to start racing nationals, now I had smaller sponsors, sponsors who would give, like, start to give me parts and things like that, you know, and then um, as I put a national program together, then it was like, hey, let's go race nationals and we get support, then I started getting more sponsors. That's yeah. when I got, that's when I started working with Split. You cool. Know? And that's when I started getting, like, Bell Helmets and Motu Oils and, you know, some of the bigger sponsors. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, every little bit helps, man. Being yeah, sponsored, a little bit, dude. Being sponsored by Moto is not the same thing, but kind of similar to like being sponsored as a skater or a surfer. You know what I mean? Like when you when you get the sticker and you get the box of it's fucking goodies, deal. it's a huge yeah. deal. They're advertising you. Yeah, you know you're in their ads. Oh, just getting out. Yeah, uh, that's never happened to me. Getting an advertisement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. It was, you know, open up the mag and your sponsors got you on the page. It's yeah. so sick. Well, and you know when, like, you, you would surf a surf comp and, like, I don't know what your local rag was, but it was, like, just seeing your name printed in the paper, yeah. Yeah. you know, with where you finished. It was just, like, that was, to me, back then it was Cycle News. And Cycle News, born in Long Beach, hmm. you know, Cycle News was, like, the, that was the rag. And it was, like, you see your name in there. It was just, like, that was such a big thing to earn that through the weekend and yeah. you were going to see your name in the paper. And, so it's a big deal back then. Where, where is like so you should have started early so you could have been boning all the girls in high school. Can I say that out loud? Dude. Cut this guy off. No more action. So where were the like the races like where uh, like nationally, where would you go like in states and like what what are the tracks? Like? Um because I'm curious, I'm like yeah, you know, surfing the they, they would have you know, yeah. the anchor spots that the most consistent because of surfing and the most, you know, easy access, popular. Yeah. But, like, in moto, it's got to be the, all the track. It was a Daytona International Speedway. Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Road America in Wisconsin. Loud in New Hampshire. Laguna Seca here in California. Um, you know, Sears Point. Um, now in Finian Speedway. Um, I mean, we raced all over the place. Brainerd, Minnesota. He has to travel with their trailer and all this shit. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's not just up and down PCH. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a costly endeavor to be yes. a professional or, you know. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you turn professional? Yeah, I was pro, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was a pro road racer, yeah. And how What, what was? Uh, how do you turn pro as a, a road racer? Like, just well, take if the start, money? If you start racing nationals, I mean, it, you know, in surfing, what you get, you know, you're sponsored by Quick or you're sponsored by Billabong or that, then you're pro, right? When you're skateboarding, you get a board. Um, oh, you, I mean, when you get your deck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you start racing nationals, that's when, I mean, you essentially are a pro, but there's a lot of guys who aren't pro, I mean, call it pro level. You know, it's, yeah. I don't know, what the, I don't know exactly what the determination would be, but for sure, when someone starts paying you to race, yeah. then you're pro. That's you're pro. pro. You're, yeah. making, you're making money. Yeah. yeah. So, so you mentioned um, you got sponsored by Split and... Split was started by a, one of our best friends, mm-hmm. Scott Vanderwey. Yeah, Vander. Scott yeah, Bailey. Uh, yeah, and Bailey. So, so who? Yeah. How did you get, hook up with Split? I lived next to Gus Buckner. Ah, B one hundred five. Surfside. Surfside. That's right. You lived on the opposite side. That's yeah, right. You lived behind. Me. That's where we started for your skateboards. Was in that garage. How fucking funny. Yep. And then I met. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Met Gus. Good. Started hanging out with Gus. Yeah. And then. He um, was like, dude, we should work with you. You know you're racing. This is cool. And they brought me in a split, and then I met everybody. And Yeah. yeah. And was Gus marketing guy for yes, marketing. them already? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and split, I mean, 
they're ahead of their times when it came to like you know coming out of the surf yes. skate and then getting into moto you know yeah like, yeah surf skate moto and uh, music and snow music, snow, snow. Yeah. remember they had bent yeah bent saw bent saw yeah bent saw bent saw yeah Eric Frey was like Eric Frey was that thing up amazing yeah. yeah yeah but yeah it's it's just so crazy. What a small world it is. Mm. It's Gus Buckner and Split. And mm-hmm. then there you go. You live next to him. And he's like, fuck, we should sponsor you. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was such a cool crossover. I was like the only road racer that had like, you know, an action sport. A lifestyle. Oh, right. not, not, not a leather jacket, like yeah. biker, you know, gear. And, I and it was that cool stuff. It was awesome. Yeah, Split was cool back yeah. then. Yeah. They're a good brand. Yeah. They, they, uh, when we had Vander on the on the show, it was funny. Like, you know, certain brands come out with a, a a pant or jacket or you know something that they're kind of known for, and like, oh shit, Split did that, and that was the fucking Suited. weird pants with the, the side pants stripes. with the stripes, the, dude. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that was like the stripe leg. Yeah, stripe yeah. leg. That was we like the craziest the, the cross cord, the vertical yeah. cord. Yeah, that's what made them. So huge and, and unique and popular, yeah. Like that fucking and dude. pockets big enough for a forty. Yeah, <laughs> if you remember that, that was like yeah. one of their like selling points. And they had these yeah. huge pockets you would put your keys in. Like, <laughs> damn, you know, my keys are down on my ankles. How am I going to get my keys out of my pockets? Yeah. So yeah. So so okay. Going back to Fafa Fohai. Yeah. Steve O, you did you work for Split? I or? did. Yeah, okay. that was my first job out of college. Were you doing like... I did production. You are doing displays of production. So you were working with... Um, Vanderet. You are working I with Vanderet. directly... And, uh, there's Vander and I. And you were, yeah. you were working with Ryan Zappalak, right? On that stuff? So Zappi... No, Zappi... Danny Zappalak was my intern. I pulled him as his intern because he was still at Cal State Long Beach. And then with Danny came his brother Ryan. Yeah. And so we would use them for photo shoots. Um, and which one's the photographer? Danny Zappalak. Okay. Yeah, he's the... And so he... And, he did a lot of stuff for Roland. The Doctor. The Doctor. Yeah, photos. Yeah, yeah. Doctor. Mm-hmm. Danny Z. Yep, Split. Awesome. Learned so, so much during that time. Yeah, it was so good stuff. You worked at Huntington Surf and Sport. I we all worked at Huntington Surf and Sport. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then in college, and when I was, I interned for counterculture for a year. Mm. With, under Pepper, with Pat Fraley. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I graduated college. Uh, and what were you going to college for? I went to school for art. I studied sculpture and printmaking, and so uh, so yeah, went to school for art, and then got out and had no idea what I was gonna do. And Van Rijp gave me a job. I pretty much said like, I have no money, and I don't want to. I'm gonna do, but I'm a hard worker. And would you please hire me? Because yeah. <laughs> you hired Gus, <laughs> and uh, if Gus got a job, like, could you give me a job? Yeah. You know, it was pretty much like, yeah, it was just the homies. Yeah, and so and so he brought me in. When, when did you start free ride? I started free ride, so I worked at Split for two years. But I started, I started making skateboards when I worked at Huntington Surf and Sport with and my what, with my brother. And what was yeah. it like? What was like the concept behind? Like, what did you want to? So basically, we were bom- into bombing hills because in so Signal Hill, we have, Signal Hill was always this iconic thing. Cherry Hill, like when I was a grom, you know, we would go see the Cherry Hill bomb. Yeah. And so growing up in Long Beach, we have hills. Um, to some degree, and I was just always intrigued by, I want to make a skateboard and bomb a hill. Um, so if I'm not surfing, at least I feel like I'm surfing. Yeah. And so uh, so my brother and I were making skateboards just for ourselves, and then Sector 9 
came out, became a thing. Yeah, and they're you know, and then they're based in San Diego, and then you know, working at Surf and Sport and having these connections to other accounts and people that were becoming reps. Yeah, um, you know, I just it was just the I don't know, it just happened. It yeah, just literally just happened. So you and Greg decide who who came up with the name Freeride. Uh, actually, our friend Hank. Hank. I don't know if he, I saw him in the water. Many people know Hank, but he is a legend. Hank is awesome. He is a legend. So, so I just saw him at uh, yeah at the whole like two weeks. Ago. Hank the Tank. Hank the Tank. Yes. <laughs> so he's the one who came up with free, California Free Ride. Okay. And so that and then it became Free Ride, and then um yeah, and then amazing name by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Free Ride was always thanks like, Hank. Oh, thanks Hank. Hank. Come on. <laughs> thanks Hank. Yeah. And then so, but I, I was working at Split, yeah. and we had a rep Hero in Japan. And one day, Hero, I was working at Split, and he's like, I need a longboard skate company. And I was like, oh, don't worry. Me and my bro, we got a skateboard company, but we didn't have a skateboard company. <laughs> it was on Valentine's Day. And he's like, I need two samples. I leave tomorrow for Japan. I need two samples. And so we'd been working on these prototypes. I called my bro on Valentine's Day. I'm like, bro, we need two skateboards, and they need to ship tomorrow to Japan. And my brother was living with Gus in Surfside on the other side of Roland. And uh, that's when my, and my brother was like, damn, I'm supposed to go on a date with my chick today. It's Valentine's Day or whatever. And my brother banged it out. Sick. And then I'm at Kinko's at like... Wait, his, her, his Valentine or the oh, boards? He banged her out. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then he made the, the skateboards. And then... Uh, okay. <laughs> this hey, this is rated R, bro. So anyways, that's how it happened. And then, yeah, and shipped him off to Japan. And then we got our first order for 100 skateboards. From huge. Japan. From Japan, which is huge. Yeah. And, and I was we up, carried them at HSS. Carried them at Surf and Sport. Yep. Yeah, they, they did free rides really well, yeah. And then uh, that was our first order. It was, it was like, I don't know, it was, it was like 10 grand. And I was still working at Split at the time. And, and that's we started with, basically because of Split, we were able to start getting accounts and we were able to use the Split rep force. Because nice. Bandrap was super generous. Yeah. They were all just like, oh, use, oh, yeah, it's cool. Go use this down. guy, yeah. use that guy. Yeah. Try our guy on the East Coast. And yeah. so we were able to... Um, Get the network out. Get the network through Split, yeah. and then, and then yeah, and then so then I left Split, and then did Freeride for five years. Freeride was around for five for, years. Wow. Yeah, five years. Yeah. And what was uh, like the trajectory? Yeah. yeah. Like how did how did you? Well, you, you yeah. Because you had to be making some good money to like bounce from Split. Like you knew there was opportunity. Yeah, I knew there was opportunity. I mean, back then we lived in so he lived in Surfside, and then we moved to a house in Seal Beach. And back in the days, I mean, we had a three-bedroom, one-bath with a detached garage. I think we were paying like 900 bucks. Yeah. So we were able – so we ran free ride out of the garage. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, we were able to support. And then free ride was, was making money. And then it was like, do the ASRs and get the reps and start sending the yeah. boards out to photo shoots. And I mean – And we were really supported by, like, the surf community. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really cool to talk about these stories, even though, you know, it, it lasted five years. Goes funk, yeah. but it's still yeah. fucking an amazing feat to to start your own thing. Yeah, and and you know, be able to sell it, distribute it, and make a living off it for a little bit. Yeah, you know, just like, like not, learning. You know, not learning too many fucking people lessons. do that. Yeah, yeah. like I mean, it's, it's commendable. You're like, dude, like you and your brother had a serious company yeah and i had a killer brand that yeah a year two we did uh I, i'm always like our first year we had thirty thousand in sales 
the next year we did quarter mil. Wow. Yeah, by year two we did year and two. And how many people were working? Oh man, it was just me and my brother. <laughs> See, yeah. that's pretty fucking awesome. It was punk rock, man. We were literally working nonstop. And and you decided on a whim when Hero said, "I need a longboard." Company. Well, it was in the con. It was, like, I was at those. Split, and he's like, "I need a longboard skateboard company." And your brother didn't know that. No, you called him and said, "Let's start a board company." No, it was already started. We, we were already making skateboards, okay, okay. but we didn't have a name, and, and he didn't have finished product. Yeah, so we you didn't have production sort of. Yeah, we didn't have production. We we made two samples and we shipped them to Japan and we got an order. <laughs> how, how did you produce the boards? We handmade the first thousand boards. <laughs> so basically, we would get Baltic birch, which was eleven ply, which was like a thing back then. How many plies is it? So yeah. Ganal lumber. Baltic birch was like $100 for a sheet, and then we just made a template and cut it out, and then just routed it and put the drill holes Were in. Were they flat? Yeah, they are flat. And you had to source wheels, you had to source trucks. Yeah, yeah. Bush, yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole kit thing. caboodle. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking awesome, dude. It was a lot of work, it was, but it was fun. And, and I mean, did you know, like, you know, all the business aspects of I knew it? nothing. Did, did you... Did I mean... You, Take a loan out, like no, no. Did your dad help you? No, like, no. Me and my brother each put in two grand, so we started a company on four thousand dollars. And or you know, yeah, no. My dad, he's just let us do our thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my dad always wanted us to work for him, work for his company, and so he's like, if you're not going to work for me, you're on your own. You're on your own. Yeah. And so that's always been my dad's approach. So, um, so that was our approach. Yeah, we just no four grand started the company and. An order from Japan. That's what I told my kids. You don't work for me, you get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have anything. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I can talk. No, yeah. but I, I kids, mean, can you talk? Talk you your did, yourself into a job? You did yeah. ads in the mags. Oh, yeah. Like, you did ASR shows. parties. ASR parties. I mean, I, it's... And this, is this a time of Jack and Nun and everything? Like, no, Jack and Nun. Can we bring it back free ride? Well, people, have, people always ask, and you know what's so interesting is... Um, Sector Nine actually owns Freeride now. No, if you can believe that one, yes. Okay. Um, so buyer competition is squishy. G? Pretty much. <laughs> Eg for Pretty time. Much. Uh, yeah, no, we uh, we we sold the company. So what? Okay, without going. Yeah, yeah. Deep, deep. I don't want it to be a bummer. No, no, it's all whatever. It's what all happened? Uh, so basically, I mean, to make a long story short, family and businesses can be very Hard. challenging. Yeah. And our company was doing extremely well, but my brother and I were starting to um, clash. Clash, and that's not, nothing we had ever done because we were best friends. And so, you know, I was 22, 23, he's 24, and all of a sudden, like, me and my brother aren't getting along. Yeah. Because we have, like, money stress, stress, and yeah. trade yeah. shows. And, and back in the days, I don't know if you remember, but, like, when you did the trade show, you would have to have, like, it was it was it's an apparel, apparel thing. So, so hats, sweaters, T-shirts, and you have to make samples, and you have to yeah diff, five different embroideries, and so all of a sudden you go like, do we have to produce all this stuff? And you got to cash front all of that product, cash front it out, yeah. and then go and then to the trade have show. Stock and, if you're gonna sell it or like yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyways, it became stressful, and so um, yeah. that's basically what split us up. And then I was over it, so I moved to the North Shore, and I was like. I'm over it. I'm gonna go to North Shore. I'm gonna live in Hawaii, and my brother kept it going for another six months, and then he sold it. So we sold the company, and we were able to cash out. Hmm. And then that company didn't do much with Freeride, and then um, 
Uh, yeah, at some point, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. I have no idea, but, you know, I guess Sector 9 always asked us. Steve would always say, you want to sell your company? You want to sell your company? And I was like, no, I'm not selling my company. And then, lo and behold, he ended up buying the um, trademark. So they hold the tra- trademark for, mm. for free ride. So technically, the company doesn't exist anymore, yeah. Yeah. but someone has the trademark. Yeah, so he, he bought it and shelved it. Uh, no, they actually did, uh, when the penny board was coming out, mm. they introduced free ride as, as the competition to penny, ah. which, uh, I'll say on the record, I was completely disappointed because like free ride started as such a soulful handmade company and yeah. I still believe we made some of the best riding boards in the longboard category yeah. and, and a lot of people tell me that and, and, and I believe it. And then, then it's like, oh man, you're going to make these, uh. Chinese plastic boards and put a free ride logo on it and try to like well per, hey like per, Lyndon Mint said the name yeah. is sick so I mean yeah. you could slap that name no I know but then it's like it, you've seen this other big five and like it sucks for you whatever I'm going yeah. dude this is we didn't raise our company we didn't start this but whatever mad respect to Sector 9 and all the yeah. homies out there but but it was, I was like come on brother but do people ask to get the company ask us to get the company back I'm so busy with my life I don't think yeah. I have time to make skateboards anymore yeah so rolling, well, it's cool. Yeah. It's a cool story. I mean, yeah. even yeah. though it didn't, you know. Well, it, not, it had a life. It had a life. It has yeah. a memory and it has a legacy and people still. And you've done, I mean, that's two radical things, you know, Jack and Nun. Like, you know. That's fun. Playing yeah. in front of thousands of people yeah. you know, in a band, you know, making people fucking entertained. I think it's kind of rad. Super you know? rad. Well, right, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty it was fun. Yeah, it was fun playing with Sublime, playing with yeah. the Hot Chili Peppers. Like, well, yeah, who the? How many fucking people do that? Not very many. Not yet. <laughs> but at the time, it's like we're all coming up together, and so we're all just like all the friend, you know, all the yeah. friends were doing fun stuff. Yeah. Now, did you guys tour the country, or did you in the to- in the band? No, just Southern California, Southern just California, California. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Free Yard. Obviously, it was a global a global yeah. thing. Yeah. So, did you get distributors for? Free yeah, yeah, Australia, yeah. Europe, Japan. Yeah, oh, Hawaii is a part of Japan, yeah. but yes, I mean not technically, but we, yeah, so much stuff was being backdoored into yeah. Japan through Hawaii. Bless their hearts. Bless, the, bless their hearts. <laughs> bless their hearts for keeping the industries going in the early days. Yeah, so kickstarting a lot of stuff. Kickstarted our company. Yeah, yeah. so kickstarted a lot of companies. Uh, uh, we interviewed a photographer, Steve Sherman, and he he was a downhill racer oh on like he was a young kid competing against men but you know he's like 14 and these guys are 18 20 or 24 you know whatever and he was just like a you know gun ho like just slalom downhill slalom racer there are no there are no breaks no and it was interesting your hands and feet are the breaks we've heard a little bit about that (laughs) in your body yeah (laughs) but Roland over here has a his own company yeah RS Designs, Roland RSD, Sands yeah. Designs. Yeah. And uh, when did you start that while you're a professional racer? I didn't actually. I, I stopped racing in like 2002. Okay. And then that kind of just turned into what am I going to do with my life? I'm not a racer anymore. Yeah. You know. Um, and so I started my own brand within my dad's company. Okay. Um, like in 2005. But that kind of coincided with like the biker build off stuff. So I was building custom bikes on tv for the show built a custom bike so the, you were doing that bef- and then decided to start your brand yeah okay well it was like man so, we're gonna do this tv stuff and it's gonna be on discovery channel so i should start a brand 
Huh. What uh, What was the first show that... Because there's a few different shows that were like bike builder shows, right? Yeah. But yeah. they're all on History or Discovery or... What? Bravo. Broad. Discovery Channel was the biker build-up okay. stuff. Yeah, so that was like... That's where like I got kicked off into the bike building space. But I was building bikes before that. Yeah. But that was when like kind of reached out a couple of my friends were on the show and it was like a little strange to figure out how to do some tv stuff and kind of pitch those guys on hey let me build this crazy ass bike and they ended up putting us against um this guy named arlen ness who was like one of the premier bike build guys you know like historically like a really badass dude so we built against him and what kind of bikes Rico, are you building like heart like then it was harleys okay custom harleys yeah. but i would i built my bikes with like a road race flare so we were taking like the custom bike world and kind of flipping it and building performance bikes out of customs essentially yeah what's it like being on these shows and these competitions like you know you know to get on the show obviously you have your name your background your skills of like they you know you're not going to get on the show without having like mad you know design and, and bike building skills but it's a full competition right like yeah elimination like money involved like you know it's, uh. There wasn't bit. money on the line to win. It was more about just having the name and clout. Having the name and yeah. clout and being able to win one of the build-offs. But so were you pitted against other yeah. bike builders? Pitted against other builders, okay. yeah. So it would be two builders and it would be one show. But there was a, you would, it would be two builders this episode, two builders okay. the next episode. Then it was an hour show on Discovery, yeah. yeah. So it was just build, you know, free advertising. You know, like, it was free advertising. Yeah. It was like, a way to get my name out there. And it was just, I was really into and how, how did yeah, that, doing like, something new, you yeah. know, with, with custom bikes. I, I don't want to put you in the, the same category or anything like that, but was it the same time as like Jesse James? Yeah, yeah. Jesse, right? Jesse worked for my dad for a long time. Shut the front door. Yeah. Okay. And then he actually bought a building for my dad back in the day out of wow, Paramount. Okay. And he was he worked out. He built West Coast Choppers in one of my dad's old buildings. Okay. And so so you've was, known him since he, you were... I've known him since I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And cool we, guy? Jesse? <laughs> Jesse could be really fun back in the day. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He, he was a fun guy back yeah. then, yeah. Because he made a big name for himself yes. doing... That sort of thing. Right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was the so guy who kicked it off. He was under the the tutelage of your pops. He worked for my dad. He worked for Boyd Coddington for quite a while. He was a real famous hot rod builder. He like did his time with a lot of people who really, you know, knew yeah. how to fabricate, knew how to build stuff. So Jesse kind of cultivated his art form, you know. But I had a, I had, it, it, I, I looked up to him at the time as a bike builder. Yeah. And then I was kind of like. I could do shit better than he can do it, you know, or different, you know, yeah, in yeah. my style about what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I was pretty like amped on building new different style bikes. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is like, it's like art, you know, like you could build a, a bike and, you know, 10 people are like, eh, you know, whatever, it's not for me. And then that one guy is like, that's a fucking dopest thing I've ever seen. Like, you yeah. know, or you could get a lot of people like battling for like the same bike, you know, like, you know, it's all about. Yeah, building that. I mean, custom bikes. It's worth, it's worth what it'll bring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You like can't a set a price. You got to just build it and yeah, you know, see if you could get a, a demand for that. And so, so going back to your racing days, and you said you stopped in two thousand two. What what led you to like stop racing? Forty two bones broken, buddy. Is it that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I started walking a little sideways. <laughs> How old were you then? I was. Let's see. That would have been two thousand two. So I was like 28, something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's like a 29. weird fork in the road, right? Like, you're like, yeah. what am I going to do? Like you were saying, you, you know, what am I going to do now? Well, I built my whole, you know, 10 years building a life based upon being a professional motorcycle racer. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, pulled the cord and it was like, let's get into building bikes instead. But um, that, it was a weird kind of thing because it's like racing motorcycles, you're only as good as your last race. Mm. But when you built a bike, we built a custom bike. I mean, I, I just like all of a sudden found like, oh my God, I'm getting so much more media yeah. you know with the bikes i'm building the yeah. race a race you get boom one hit the motorcycle building it was like that thing had legs yeah you build one bike and that bike had legs i went 10 grand for a race made 100 grand on a bike yeah <laughs> and that that's it kind of yeah i don't know the pricing i'm just throwing it out there but yeah. i'm just saying yeah. the jazz yeah of, yeah yeah like you said your contests come and go and, and how, a bike lasts as long you, as somebody takes care of it and and, and how did you get the tv opportunity the, the what the, the tv opportunity um I, a couple of my friends were building bikes a guy named johnny chop was building bikes with uh, another builder named chica i went on the road with them i brought one of my custom bikes on the road and they were just like damn that thing's sick I'm like build another one i'm like yeah let's do a show and that was how i kicked off the brand i had like a little kickstart with the tv deal and then it was a matter of like figuring out products to produce and design and start selling parts and you know kind of start building this cachet of interest. I had a name from racing and then we pulled that over into motorcycle parts. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't get overwhelmed with the you know four embroideries and the three different colorways. You actually I saw your website it's it's pretty in depth. It's, I'm, I'm it's proud very, of you. Very in depth. Yeah. Like yeah. wow. There's yeah. a lot of It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, working with Are you talking like Cut and sew, apparently. Just, I mean, leather, everything. Like, yeah. You yeah, name yeah. it. It's pretty cool. So like, you went from building bikes, custom bikes, to uh, a lifestyle clothing brand? Yeah. Well, it's not. Yeah. Oh, motorcycle. Not, it's not a motorcycle brand. Yeah, yeah. motorcycle brand. It's a motorcycle brand, but it was, I kind of always had this vision of like wanting to build product that people hadn't built before in the space, or at least product that people weren't building anymore. And so it was like, we brought in this aesthetic of motorcycle gear that was heritage based like beautiful materials simple cuts really small amount of branding you know like the motorcycle space it's like you see guys riding around there's like big logos on everybody yeah. and it's just kind of fucking ridiculous yeah and so we were like let's build something simple and beautiful with heritage and history so are you talking see mcqueen style yeah i mean like like our number one selling jackets like a brown leather jacket yeah you know and That's then so rad you're, you're taking it back to, well, to what it's Socks. What your dad yeah. used to wear and those type of like for sure used to wear. One of his jackets stylish. was one of my inspirations, like an OG like Vance and jacket that he had when, you know, when he was like twenty five or whatever. It was just wow. old stuff. But who gave you this idea of like expanding it into the? I just there wasn't anything that existed. I couldn't find anything I wanted to wear, hmm. and I kept like I'd buy a, like a Harley jacket and I would like just spray paint the logo black you know it was just like God, but you man. love the fit and that like the, like the aesthetic the everything but yeah. it just was like i'm not a big i don't need to promote that i'm gonna do my own i'm not trying to promote harley davis yeah, and they're not for sure me. like yeah. why am i gonna put a big brand on my back yeah it's the same with anyone else yamaha ducati whoever yeah. else was you know producing apparel so it was an opportunity for us to bring something new into the market and people really liked it you know so so when you we're making bikes and getting a notoriety for custom bikes. Was that your, like, were people buying, like, oh, shit, that dude makes amazing custom bikes. You, are you getting commissioned to build bikes for, for people? Like celebrities. Yeah. Tell us some celebrities that freaking ordered some shit from you. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I, I built bikes for a lot of different people, but um, we yeah. need names. I mean, I built, I built Brad Pitt a couple bikes. Yes, really. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Brad yeah, how did he? Did one. he reach out to you or? Yeah, his guy who takes care of his stuff. You know, his like, reached out. I met Brad like, man, that would have been like ten years ago. Huh? Had a conversation with him, and you know, kind of just happened from there. But, so he's kind yeah. of a, a moto head guy, kind of guy. He's like a he knows, big moto head. Yeah. So yeah, he knows who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not like you have to go out and. Well, that that was one of the oddest. That's an odd thing about building motorcycles is the people who know who you are. Like it's just strange. Sometimes you run across somebody like. You know, I met Brad Pitt, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I know who you are." I'm like, "Fucking, you know, Pitt me? knows who I am." Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's pretty that cool. Was the craziest thing ever. Super you know? cool. Yeah, and built like built Mickey Rourke a couple bikes. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He seems like a freaking moto. Like, dude, we yeah. had a wild. Oh my god, god. Dude, I forgot I about that night. Riding wow. with Mickey Rourke. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And, hey, that's a whole nother and, episode. And, and Jason Statham, Lars from Metallica, yeah, Quentin Tarantino, fuck and off, Clint, Mila Clint, Ackerman, and Clint Eastwood. What and the fuck? We were at uh, oh, that was a wild night. We ended up at uh, Elizabeth Taylor's mansion in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah, at God, some odd hour in the morning. That was the end of the night. That was a crazy night. That was a crazy night. Who, what? Who is the football player who was there? Wow, we're rubbing know. elbows with the freaking I don't know, but, uh, the, the hierarchy over here. It was it was a that was a crazy ass night. Wait, Jamie Foxx was there. So how yeah. did you? What? Yeah, who was the person that was like initiated this party? Like well, somebody obviously was, because he was building a bike. For I was me. building bikes for, for Mickey. For Mickey. Okay. Yeah, and then Mickey invited us out to the man show, and then it was like. Next thing I know. Oh, uh, the, the man show with Ziggy Zaggy, Ziggy Zaggy, Hoi Oi Oi. That one? Uh, it was a man show awards. It was the oh, some awards. Shit. Jamie Foxx was the host. Yeah. And it was like, who's the dude, super bad guy? Remember? Remember oh, yeah, backstage? Oh, yeah, backstage was funny. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, <laughs> we were in like the blue room with all of the actors, and we're just like, dude, everywhere you look is like somebody super Somebody's famous. Huge. And it's like me and Steve O and Zappy. <laughs> and Zappy and like. That was a You're like, I'm with him. Night. Yeah. He races motorcycles. He's the guy. He <laughs> builds motorcycles for these dudes. Yeah, we were we were having fun and everyone could see yeah. we were having fun, so then they all wanted to hang out with us. So we were like, we were the only ones at the party who had weed. We were the yeah. only yeah, I don't know what I said, but like we were the only ones at the party that had like smoke. a huge bag of hey. weed. I like these guys. They yeah. smell yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> so we were the ones that were smoking. And then so everyone would come around like, roll me a joint. I'm like, I, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Yeah. I know who you are, but who are you? Yeah, who would you roll you a joint? Remember, we're, we're sitting at the table, and it was Quentin Tarantino. Yep. And then Mila Ackerman, and then Clint or Quentin Tarantino wanted to smoke a joint with us. Yeah. We rolled him a joint. We're all sitting there smoking. And I stepped away from the table, and then I stepped back, and I fucking tripped Clint Eastwood, dude. <laughs> <laughs> And Clint. Old ass Clint Eastwood. Old, and Cl- High, old ass Clint highs, Eastwood. High as a kite. I couldn't believe it, dude. I was, because he was, Clint was like my hero. Oh, he's, yeah. I yeah. was like, oh my oh, God. Dude. I just fucking. And he had the hottest. The hottest Hang right, Clyde. Oh, hottest yeah. girl of the whole party. Yeah. Clint Eastwood had the hottest. Oh, yeah, he was the, the hottest girl. Oh my gosh. Who God. was she? Do you I don't know. know. She's hot. His daughter. Damn. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Why do you have to fuck it all up, Laura? <laughs> God, trying to have a good time here. You know, I'm just saying. Not a conscience. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, like, you know, bike building, you know, the party could be a whole other episode. Yes, yes, yes. But, you know, so 
word of mouth is, you know, you build a couple of these guys' bikes and how you got a laundry list of... Celebrity. Know, of Celebrities. And how do you even price stuff like that? Like, I mean, you know what goes into it, man hours and, and you know, like... That's the art form there. Yeah. You I know, mean, it's, it's like you just know your customer and what they want to get into and, and depending upon like how heavy they want their bike to be built, you know, yeah. whether you're just customizing a stock bike or building something like from the ground up from stock or, you know, like literally just taking a motor and building a frame around it and every single piece around it, which we do a lot. Yeah. But well, I could only imagine like everybody, you know, they have, they seem like they're all moto enthusiasts, you know, like they know what they, they like and they appreciate like all that hard work and detail. So and money's not an option for these fuckers, no. you know? So, I mean, it's got to be cool because it gives you all that freedom, you know, and all that kind of like, well, I don't have to stay within a budget because I'm sure you get, you've you had people like, you know, hey, can you build me a bike and this is my budget? And that's got to be harder than just, I don't know, like what's it like to have a budget versus like free reign? I wouldn't say we get free reign. Good question, right, Linden? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> even rich guys set, want to set a budget. Most oh, hell time. yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, mean they, they do. You don't get rich from not having a budget. True. Right? True. true. Yeah. Very true. That's why I'm not rich. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, a lot of these guys are very, uh, and girls could be girls too. I'm sorry. I don't want to be a, you know, that kind of guy, but uh, yeah. girls like motorcycles too, but, uh, yes, love motorcycles, you know, yeah. I just, I just know, you know, like that society, that hierarchy, you know, it's kind of a, a one upper, like, yeah. you know, kind of group. You know? Yeah. But I, it's cool because they, it's just like. And that's not bad. I mean, no. it's like if you they appreciate around, it, you're going to use it and you're going to be stoked on it. Yeah. And it's I'm, your, sure, it's I'm sure they turn you. around and get you their friends, their circle of friends, and, and have gotten you multiple, you know, leads and jobs. Yeah, it's networking for sure. In, into Absolutely. Their yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, you know, you go to an event and you meet different people and then people get interested and like, oh, you can do this? No yeah. way. You know? And it's like, you know, being in. It's an art form. It is an art form. It's just an art form. It's a sculptural rolling art form. <laughs> That's why you guys hit it off. He went to sculpture school, got a degree in sculpture and printing. What did you say? Sculpture, sculpture and printmaking. Printmaking. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the clothing part of it, has it become bigger than the bike building part of it? Oh, I mean, my my business is really varied because, you know, we throw events too. And it's it's like we do a lot of different a lot of different things so I just get interested in some I, maybe I have a short span of attention or I have creative ADD I'm just like hey, welcome to the club over the table yeah I get super psyched <laughs> on something and then I move to the next thing and then I get psyched on that but you know if we have a business that will roll yeah. unfortunately for me I have some really good people I work with and, but, but it, his, his uh, website isn't just only 100% of his products he is bringing in uh, parts and, and pieces and other stuff from other industry vendors so it's kind of like a go-to site for multiple things you know which is good because it drives traffic you know if somebody's looking for something oh yeah specific yeah it's going to his you know yeah search so engine. what what has it evolved to be like you started off building motorcycles right custom bikes and then you, you've got a lifestyle component and then now events events yeah where so you want to get get into what a Moto Beach Classic. Moto, Moto Beach, Classic. Beach Classic. Yeah, yeah. So how did this? Yeah, how that spur come about? Just your love of surf and 
the beach and trying to incorporate it all. You know, I had a friend of mine, um, Alicia Whitney, who runs the beach activations. Yeah, we know. Um, you know, Alicia, sea legs and yeah. sea yeah. salt and all that stuff. So she. So runs. she worked with you before she opened up all the other sea salt and sea legs. I knew Alicia from a friend of mine, and then we met, and then we talked about what she was doing. She opened up sea legs at the beach. I think yeah. it was her first one, mm-hmm. and we were just like, I've always wanted to throw an event at the beach. I always wanted to throw a race on the beach or like, I wanted to bring racing to the people and put it like in the heart of where I live and play and surf and do all the stuff I love to do. And sea legs was like an option, you know? And she's like, yeah, I think we can do this. We met, um, the guys who run the state beaches, um, which, which by the way are, are very open and receptive to like driving like events and business at, at the beach. Cause I mean, we live in Huntington and, there's a lot of, but I mean, hey, from paint, from paintball to air shows to yes, contests to but whatever. I want to. I want to say how how crazy you say paintball, and there's like those weird raves every once in raves a while. And carnivals, but and Alicia and this new crop of entrepreneurs, it's a, they they it's it's they take it took it to the next level of like oh for sure. I mean, how many years? Could this have been happening? You know what I mean? I mean, like it, the concessions. Those, those concessions sent dormant for so long. For Anybody ever. goes to the beach, when, when's the last time you stopped and said, hey, I'm going to go eat at a concession yeah. on the beach? Yeah. Never. Like, yeah. never. All the restaurant has those kind of views. What, where, where can you <laughs> yeah. go and host that has that, like, yeah. set up? And it's right there. Like, so go to the comedian so the shows first, there all the time and the music. It's your like, first event was sick. at Sea Legs. That was our first event. Ever. Yeah. That was our, our first event, first event yeah. we ever threw. So what? When was that? Like seventeen? But we, you throw some art shows at the shop. I mean, not to, but we. Yeah, I mean, we well actually one of the first parties that we threw at our shop was a crazy ass art show. Crazy art show. Okay, before we Anyways, get to not to that, do that, but yeah. like so. Okay, the the you're building bikes. You have a garage or whatever you want to call it, a workshop, right? We had a shop in Long Beach, yeah. We just moved there. And then did you turn it into like a a retail spot or? We got a retail spot there and we sell all our gear. Yeah, we just built a new shop. So we were in Orange County for a long time in Los Alamitos, just moved to Long Beach. Okay. Back to the hood, bro. Back back to the hood. Back to the hood. Like in the hood too. It's off of Bispo in Anaheim. Oh, Bispo. Oh, Bispo in Anaheim. (laughs) I don't know where that is. Yeah. It's in the cut. (laughs) So, so... You you you've got kind of a full service, full stop place for the lifestyle of Yeah, it's a motorcycle lifestyle, yeah. you know, space for sure. But I'm I'm partners with a friend of mine who does um his name's Andy Bell, Nitro Circus. Um he's just a he's a psycho, but he's awesome. But he runs a film business out of there, so we're like partners in the space. Cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and you were just mentioning you did an art show with Folly, or that was like one of your first things, or no, no, but we we just we did was that with Stesic? Yeah, Craig Stesic. Yeah, Stesic, I was yep. with Stesic, and because we were doing a bunch of different stuff with Hurley. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were doing a har- yeah, just uh, we just we said we're gonna throw an art show, just gonna throw then, a party, yeah, art show, and so. He got some people. I got some people. Oh, because I had all those art walls. Because we did. Um, we did a project with Toyota, and it would go to all the motorcycle shows. And we built like this big art wall thing. We did it with um, uh, juxtapose. Juxtapose. Oh wow! Yeah. Mag. Yeah. And with uh, what was oh. Saber? 
Sam Flores. Sam Flores. Um, oh. Nate Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Stesic. Craig Stesic. Uh, and uh, Mr. Cartoon. Mr. Cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some big big names mm-hmm. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was it was this cool project. We had then we had all this art and we had all these art walls. And we had this, like, basically a mobile gallery, and then we would Did Mr. Cartoon bring up some of his wheels in? <laughs> Talking about a collection. He built some badass stuff. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Talking about... Lowriders. Lowrider culture. Just there. Just this. The, the pin the, lines. The, and no, the spray, the, the, the air sprays on the cars, and the, the murals. Metallics, and the metallics, the flakings, oh, yeah. everything. We did a project stuff. with him. We actually did, like, a collab bike with him. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. He's he's Insane. an incredible artist. Yeah. Incredible artist. But it was like we just started doing art and then that just kinda of parlayed into everything else we do. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh so Alicia got Sea Legs at the beach and you guys partnered up and you're like, I wanna throw an event. Yeah. We threw this motorcycle race, built a dirt track in the parking lot, which was nuts, brought in like hundreds of thousands of yards of dirt built a crazy dirt track through this motorcycle event on the beach, rerouted the boardwalk, you know, music. Surf contest. Surf contest. Art show. Art show. Music. Yeah. So is this going to be the third or fourth? This is the fourth. This will fourth. be the fourth. Sick. Yeah. Because we did, we did, um, the second one was the Surf City Blitz, which was huge. It was just mind-blowing. Then we actually built the dirt track on the sand, like brought in a bunch of wood. That was in 18, 19. That was 18, 2018. That was nuts. So you try to up the game or just change it enough to like where it's just different, you know? Because it's definitely different now. I mean, yeah. back then we we had like massive bands, and I was working with a huge music production company. Yeah. And this year is definitely mellow because it's open to the public, so everyone can come. You know, so yeah. we're doing like it's more motorcycle focused this year than music focused. Yeah. Um, and then we're doing this cool surf competition. Yeah. The the costume surf comp. So, 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 Dawn you know, of the Shred. Dawn, Dawn of the, the Shred. Shred. So it's on the 23rd, Third. so you're, yeah, you're incorporating, Hall- ha- yeah, Halloween. three weeks out, you're incorporating Halloween and yep. make it a little bit more, you know, I guess all age friendly and, and it's all, all age friendly, public friendly, yep. price friendly. You can come with the whole family. You can watch the race. We're building a sand bank so people can come and just sit on the sand bank and watch racing, get there early, you go to the surf comp, mm-hmm. hang out and see people surfing costumes. How do we sign know? up for the surf comp? Go to your website? It's only going to be on the website. Yeah. Yeah. That hasn't actually come out yet, but there's a nice cash prize, cash purse. And, uh, yeah, so basically, like, the, with the contest, you know, it's, like, you're going to be judged on your surfing and also your embodiment of your costume. You know what I mean? So, like, it's not going to be, like, you know, 10 turns to the beach is going to win you the, you know, the, the contest. It's going to yeah. be, like, okay, are you are you a zombie? And then... Surfing you, like a zombie? Are you surfing, surfing like, like a zombie? Or you're surfing, like, Laird Hamilton and you're, yeah. you know, like... Dude, if you're out there on your sup, dude, yeah. just, like, getting it. Yeah. Or you're, yeah. If you're riding the coffin, like... start juicing, now I'm coming out as Laird... <laughs> There you go. You could be Laird, and then if you're gonna be Count Dracula, I don't know. Like, who do you want to be? Count Chocula. One turn, two turns, three turns. I want to suck your blood. Your blood. So good. Yeah, so no, we, that sounds fun. Yeah, and then we are like, uh, and then also there's gonna be a, a women's division. Mm-hmm. 
and then so Jericho Poplar is one of the judges, oh, which is amazing. Yeah, um, and there's obviously another. Cr- more. Christian's gonna come out. Christian Fletcher's Christian gonna be Fletcher's there. He's gonna, gonna be a judge. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's come be a judge. Wow. He says he's coming out. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, yeah, others. So it's, it's gonna be a fun. And there's gonna be music like bands. Yeah, we we'll have music. Yep, yeah, we got a couple of punk rock bands playing this mm-hmm. year. Sick. Yep. So what is it all gonna be? It's gonna be a race. Be motorcycle racing. We're gonna do an asphalt oval in the parking lot. We'll have electric motorcycle races for Super Seventy Three. We've got Stasic Electric Kids Bike Races wow. happening. Surf comp, art show. And the um, championship for the hooligan. And the championship for the Super Hooligan National Championship, yeah. Which is a tour that Roland created. Did we you? run we run a race series and the he race series a- goes across the country and does its thing. This year it's four races. We raced we road raced, flat track, and now we're doing the asphalt oval. Damn. So the yeah. champ will be crowned. So like a quad like one day event? One day event. Well it's a different it's a multiple discipline motorcycle race series, mm-hmm. but on heavy bikes. So street bikes. Yeah. Crazy. It, so it's open to the public. Where do people go to get tickets? No tickets needed. Well, we are going to sell a limited group of VIP tickets with stand seating and VIP bar and restrooms. Um, but all you got to do is go to Sea Legs at the beach and you're there. Wow. Hang yeah. out there. It's open, yeah. to the public. open to the public. Come on, come on. Yeah. Just come have, have fun. fun. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. It you got like five kids, blast. you can bring them all out. That's pretty you amazing. Know, yeah, you don't pay to get them in. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is our first time doing a free event. So, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, I mean, that, and that's how. It, you know, obviously there's a, you know, like uh, a philosophy of like how to make money and how to do events, but it's good to kind of, I mean, we've just come out of COVID. So, you, you know, you got to kind of throw curveballs to, mm-hmm. you know, what we're having to deal with in regards to, you know, access and, and crowds and people and money and all yeah. of that. But COVID's over, bro. Thank you. <laughs> yes. That thing is yeah, we're done. Yeah. We're done with COVID. Orange County's over. I was at the Patriots but, game last night. You were? Yeah. And With the Buccaneers? Yeah. There was 70,000 people there, and I didn't see a single mask. Good. Yeah, people are over it. We're over it. Nice right, move on, people. Okay. Stay home if you're scared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, changing up the surf contest, changing up the track, the music, you know, like, it's it's kind of cool. So How is that? You get sorry. people back every no, year. How was that game, dude? It was insane. Like, the, le- the level of just fan hype. Energy. Oh, 70,000. Bro, Tom Brady. Brady was in the house. Tom Brady against his old team. Yeah. And I watched all the highlights this just today. And the way that they won was fucking insane. Do you know how they won? No. Dude, Brady was losing. The Buccaneers were losing. And Brady... Is Brady got him to the... Goat. He's got him spot. in position. Got, got him in position spot. for the yep. three-pointer that yep. put him up. By one point, and the Patriots had one last chance, and that quarterback got them to where they needed to be with nine seconds left, right? And he, the the kicker kicked it, and here's the goalpost. Clink! Oh, laces out, Dan. And they showed uh, the 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 clip I watched, Brady. In slow motion, going, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> He's saying, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, oh my god. He's done it again. You know, like, wow. That's freaking nuts. The goat of uh, 
quarterbacks. He's the man. He's yeah. for sure. He's <laughs> the man, dude. I gotta, yeah, I gotta go watch replays then. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But dude, yeah. Congrats, you guys. Uh, yeah, no, I'm thanks so for having stoked us. Stoked. Yeah, that we got to sit down mm-hmm. for sure. You know, um, and this is perfect timing because you know we're gonna pump the the, the hell out of this Thank episode and, yeah. and get a lot of you know eyes and ears on this and. And we're all local, and we're going to come rolling down with the crew for That's sure. That's awesome. Yeah. We're going to be stoked yeah. to have you guys out. Yeah. yeah. This this will be fun. It's, yeah. it's, it's rad to, like, because we've known Folly for, fuck. A long time. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, you know, been a fan of, of his career, Jack and Nun, Free Ride, mm. your art now. Yeah. Hey, Actually, six, six well, signs by the way. Oh, thank you. so overdue. Cool yeah. So overdue, like, to have yeah. something new Yeah, there. something fresh. Yeah, it looks sick. Thank Dude, you. Wow. Yeah. I like it. Fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Just cleaned it, cleaned up, you know, just gave a little yeah. facelift to the shop, because I, I mean, I love Dude, they're, dude they're, the, they're the bomb. Yeah. Oh, and so Caden's part of the surf comp. Yep. Oh, sick. Yeah. Caden's part of the surf comp this year. the sponsors, and then Ample Creative. Yeah. Kate and Surf Shop right there in Sunset oh, yeah. Beach. Yeah, who's all the sponsors? Huntington Harbor. Um, Deus. There's a Deus. lot. There's a nice. lot. Deus is coming on board. Yeah. Kate and um, Surf Shop. Kate and, um, here. Ashlyn. Hard Seltzer. Ashlyn yep. Hard Seltzer. Sick. Um, yeah. Ample Creative. Amazing hat company out of uh, San Diego. Andrew Potash. Just great dude. And then who else? Super seventy three. And then Outer Nodes doing the beach cleanup. Yeah, yeah, yep. which is awesome. Yeah, to bring that light to the event too. It's like okay, yeah, you can come watch the surf. That's epic. That. That's hey, epic. let's help pick up some trash at the beach. Yeah, they might have some extra work to do. Yeah, with this. I'm going to talk about that. We yeah. talk about that. We just steer away. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, we have amazing sponsors, and then obviously in the moto world, you've got a plethora of. Yeah, we've got some great companies coming on board. I mean, we've got BMW, we got India Motorcycles, Little Tool, Bell Helmets, um, you know, Fox Suspension, um, Super 73's on board. Mm, sick. You know, the little electric bike company, Stay Six, coming on board. Um, Dofa Winery. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. where you had that event. Yeah. It's a good crew of people. Yeah. yeah it'll be fun. Awesome. Well, it sounds like an amazing event. I can't believe it. I don't know why... I, I'm busy. I got three kids, and a lot of my weekends get. Jay, you up. should surf in it. I know. I'm gonna have to come down with the kid oh, and dress dude, up. Dude, cash, yeah. ca- cash for first place. I know. Yeah, dude, first place. Yeah, you yeah. know JJ's gonna like. Yeah, he's already got a mullet, so it's looking good. He could be uh, Joe Dirte. Jay Dirte. Jay Dirte. <laughs> Something. Rock yeah. some blades out there with a mullet. Yeah. yeah. Some, some pit, cut off some sleeves. Some pit vipers. Some pit vipers. Laura, you could uh, get get a wig because you'll need a wig. And do that one just dude, be like um, ball from down and out, from down and out, or oh, eastbound, eastbound and down. And down. Oh, yeah, Kenny Powers, dude. Kenny Powers, Kenny Powers, dude, so good, <laughs> the best surfer on the planet right here, dude. <laughs> Kenny Powers, just claim so it the whole day. What's up, you fucking surfers? What's up, you fucking you kooks? Nerds, <laughs> fucking kooks. You guys need to get out of the water and make some space, dude. <laughs> I can watch that a million times, dude. Yeah, it's so good. Best character, best show. Fucking hilarious. 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 Well, thank you, Yo, Steve. Thank you. Fa, fa, high. Thank you, Lyndon. Thank yeah. you, Jay. Thank, thank you, you for sharing. It's good to see you guys again. Yeah. Sharing your amazing story growing up in the peninsula. Yep. Growing up in Long Beach. Long Beach. Free ride. Jack and Nun. Creating art. 
I, we didn't even ask you what you yeah. were doing. Like, no, now. And, I mean, you and we, you and your lady, have, like, well, oh yeah, we got a brand. We got a so oh, we have two soap companies that are doing really we quite well. We follow up eco, eco base, and then I'm, I'm really busy with my art. <laughs> really busy with my art. You creator. did it, yeah. A kid book. I wrote a children's book. Yes, children's book. Still sells. We have that. Still sells. Still sells. Yeah, thank still you. Sells. Um, but yeah, we'd love to have you on and dive deep into you know all the things your dad. Well, I'm just trying done. to get out of here. Oh yeah, it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta go. There's no, there's no time. Yeah, yeah. I gotta pee. So yeah, Dude, I know it's over when you got yeah. rolling. Yeah, motherfucking sands. Ro- he's rolling, <laughs> rolling motherfucking sands. Rolling on two wheels. Of- and we got to start off the show with the lightning. The yeah, lightning. Under. Under. the weather. Um, thanks, guys. This yeah, has been awesome. Thank you. Thanks for yeah. having, having thank us you. on, man. Yeah, See you guys uh, October 23rd. October, October 23rd. Dawn of the Shred. Dawn, Dawn, of, the Dawn of the Shred. Dawn of the Shred. You can go on rollandsands.com for information on yes. how to sign up for the surf comp if you want to come race with us so or uh, just for information on the event. Yeah. yeah. Follow at Roland Sands. At Roland Sands Design on Instagram. Yep. Yep. I would say at Roland Sands, but I'm really shitty at my Instagram account now, so yeah. Should hire London, he kills it for us. See? At, Prop for you, bro. Full, full high. At <laughs> <laughs> Steve Folly. Oh, it's, uh, yes, Steve Folly. What's the soap? At what? Oh, uh, that's Muse Apothecary. And then everybody, and then the other company is called Everybody Loves Soap. I mean, doesn't every, everybody love soap? Yeah. Cause you gotta wash your wash your undercarriage. You do. You gotta you gotta keep it gotta keep it clean. Yeah. Farrah told me you uh need to smell it. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring you. So I'll, next time I'll bring some soap for you, Jay. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks guys. Sure. Thanks guys. Yeah. Thanks yeah thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. October twenty third. Moto Beach. Moto Beach Classic. Moto Beach Classic. Dawn of the Shred. Dawn of the Shred. Sea legs. Sea at legs the beach. at the beach. North Bolsa Chica. Peace. Peace. WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based systematic surf training method. For all surfers, for all levels. Check out wavekey.com. That's W-A-V-E-K-I.com. Wax! The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, 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 we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Fuwax, the best wax in the game. Fuwax. West Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit CalienteSouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music. 